Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, your host, and I'm very happy to have you join us today. Thank you for that, and please stay with us for the whole program, because together for one hour we'll search into the Bible and learn more about uh, the will of God for us all. This um, program, and I will say for the whole week actually, we approached a subject, the Bible, manipulation, and the rise of cults. I thought it was a very interesting subject, maybe not as um, popular, uh, but people are interested in this, and we have uh, quite a number of questions, and uh, thank you for uh, you being part of this program and uh, raising some uh, question, questions, some concerns. You can do that right now, today, if you join a as the first time, and if you be if you want to be part of this uh, program today with us, uh, you can send us a text message on zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. This is a number where you um, can also request the free offer, which will uh, come a little bit later and uh, give you some more information on that. But I would like to welcome our co-host today also, and it's good to have with us uh, Tracy Papandreou. Hi, Nick, and again, hi to the listeners. Tracy, it's very important that we are still staying uh, alive today. It's the end of the week, you know, and uh, sometime, uh, um, you know, the tiredness of the week uh, may <laughs> come upon us. But uh, with this topic, you know, uh, particularly for today, we are going to talk about uh, what does um, a biblical church look like? Because we um, tackle some of the questions uh, before, like, uh, what is a cult? Mm. Um, how do I identify a cult? Um, some people may not even realize that they are part of a, a, a cult. And I heard stories and I you know, watched some documentaries in regard to this. We also ask another question, Tracy, why do people join cults? Mm. And um, by the way, if you miss some of these programs, you can always go back and listen to these programs. You can visit either our website, faithfm.com.au, or um, probably even more easy, easily for you to download uh, our uh, Faith FM app. And that's Faith FM Australia. And Nick, sometimes I think it's important for people to do that if they've missed one of the programs during the week because the way we kind of do this is, you know, we package up the whole week to give, you know, a, a complete view across a mm-hmm. across a, a topic. So, um, And sometimes they are linked, you know, the programs yes. linked to each other and yes. it's important to have that background. Mm-hmm. That, that's very important. Thanks for uh, mentioning that, Tracy. Uh, also, we look at the um, question like, why are um, charismatic leaders so successful? And uh, just the other day, uh, uh, Pastor uh, Hugh and uh, Fabiano, they talked about, does God want believers to withdraw from society? Very good question. But uh, yeah, today we are going to look into this, um, what does uh, a biblical church 
look like. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Very happy again to have David Lima from Family Voice Australia with us. Uh, thank you, David, for joining. Well, thank you, Nick, and it's good to be with you once again. David, straight into the questions today. Yes. As a Christian ministry, you are seeking to partner with churches. Yes. I'm sure you travel among many congregations. Can you tell me what does a biblical church look like? Yes, I'm not sure that any of our churches really look like those early churches. So that is a fascinating question indeed. Uh, Put simply, the scriptures employ three metaphors to describe what is the church, body, temple, and bride. Mm. And if we can get our minds around those, we get a very good description. I'm not sure that everything that goes on in our modern churches really helps us to to understand body, temple, and bride, but there we are. Those are what the scriptures say. Okay, uh, let's look at um, those three metaphors. Uh, Firstly, what is the body of believers like? Yes, the body of believers is the group of godly people who belong to Christ who are spread throughout time and history. So they're not located to any particular location, any particular denomination, or any particular time period. And so there is only one church, Nick, and it's Mm. not a particular church on the corner Mm -hmm. of any streets. It is the mystical body of Christ, which extends through time and space. And hopefully many of our churches are part of that, although uh, when we think about those churches in Revelation being in danger of of thrown out of the body of Christ, then uh, we have to think twice. But that is what the body is. Mm. Well, that's good. Uh, Yeah, very uh, important to understand that because people can uh, say, hey, this is the body of uh, Mm. Christ Mm. or Mm. that or, you know. All right. um, Let's turning to the temple uh, metaphor. Uh, What does the temple of believers look like? Yes. Well, that also is the body of Christ. And he... His own body, of course, he spoke about that being destroyed and brought back after three days. But uh, the temple was a building, as we know, there in ancient times. And interestingly, that is a copy and replica of the heavenly temple, which still exists. Mm. Uh, And it was there that Jesus offered his own blood. And so it's very important to study the temple. And it provides a metaphor for individual believers as well as for the body of believers or Mm -hmm. group of believers. So our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We need to look after our body. And then, of course, uh, we are are a temple as a a group of people, Mm. which means that we've got to interact in the way that all the functionalities of the temple would operate together, each part doing its its part to mm-hmm. ensure ministry. I think that's, again, very well said, you know, that we need to function looking at the example mm-hmm. of the temple. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, li- I like that you mentioned that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. which means it's important how we treat uh, exactly. this uh, body. Exactly. Even though sometimes people saying, I can do whatever I like with my, is my mm-hmm. body. I'm not sure if uh, that's the reality. Uh, we belong to, um, exactly. to Christ. We've been bought at a price. Mm. Okay, finally, uh, what does the church as bride yes. look like? Yes. Well, we uh, wonderfully see this in our own families when a daughter comes back and she's got a sparkling piece of uh, jewelry on her finger and says he's asked the question and a date has been set and the mothers and daughters especially go into 
a flurry of arranging with great excitement the wedding. Uh, I love weddings, Nick, because each wedding properly conducted is a prophecy of the union of Christ and the church. Mm. So that's one of the reasons why we have marriage. This is often not understood, but it's one of the key features of marriage is that it's prophetic of that mystical union which will happen at the end of history. So there's a lot at stake, and we can't play around with marriage. People fall in and out of love. They marry, and then they divorce. It's not quite as easy as it is in America, in Australia. Uh, but in America, you can just uh, get married you know, with no notice, and you can, you can divorce really with no notice as well. But in Australia, we take things a little bit more seriously, although not seriously enough. Uh, and part of the reason why we don't take things seriously enough is because we do not recognize that the body of believers, which is the church for which Christ died, is his bride and will marry him at the end of history. And so uh, each of us who are married have that uh, wonderful goal to bear in mind next time we think about yelling at our spouse. I'm very happy to hear that from uh, somebody from Family Voice Australia. Um, and David, uh, thank you for uh, taking part uh, with us on this program. May God bless you and uh, have a wonderful uh, experience uh, with our Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. in all those aspects which you just pointed out. Amen. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And that's very good uh, to have David with us uh, um, for a short uh, period of time uh, to have uh, a good overview of our topic. But back to our um, co-host today, uh, Tracy Papandreou. Tracy is uh, a member of the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church here in Adelaide, and um, she's very happy there. I know that, uh, mm. talking to her many times, but she's very passionate of uh, sharing the good news, the gospel, with as many people as possible. And that's why Tracy takes time with her busy schedule, you know, uh, working uh, full time, uh, but she takes time to come with us and share uh, via waves <laughs> through the radio, you know, uh, yeah. broadcasting together. I want other people to, to experience what, you know, the, the amazing life renewal that can happen mm. when you bring God into your life for real. And probably you... you you never thought that you'll um, you'll be broadcasting. You know, you'll work with a radio station, and that's the wonderful thing when you hand your life over to God, because you know He can take you on some amazing adventures. That's for sure. Absolutely, um, Tracy. As uh, we talked um, already, and David mentioned, you know, um, a few aspects of how uh, the biblical church should look like. I'm asking you, Tracy, now, uh, what do you think uh, a biblical church should look like? Well, I think we kind of have to define what we mean when we say a biblical church and just go back to that particular phrase that we want to use. And it specifically um, contains the word Bible, doesn't it? So, Mm. So a biblical church has the Bible as very much a focus, very much a a center of it. Yeah, it it's um focused on following the teachings of the Bible. It seeks to represent Jesus' teachings and principles because, you know, that's that's what that's what we've got in in the word. Um and also, you know, it's about people learning and 
working through their spiritual life, the the the, the body, and I know um, uh, David used this terminology, the body of believers, mm. um, supporting each other to assist people in in that that um, growth. Journey, you know, there's the, it isn't about coercion and you must think mm. this, you know, it's about encouraging everyone to through going and looking at the Bible and studying the Bible to, um, through the help of the Holy Spirit, really grow in that journey. Mm. And as, yeah, David mentioned also that, um, it's hard to say that there is a true church, you know, because he was looking also from that perspective of us all uh, being so short of, um, you know, of Our the, shortcomings. Yeah, with yes. shortcomings and all those things. But um, and and I was trying uh, to, you know, to bring that aspect. Uh, um, it's indeed, yeah, when you look at ourselves, it's hard to define, you know, the true church. Or, but I like how you put it, you know, uh, if we say. Okay, how should a biblical church look like? Then we should look at the Bible. The Bible is the the thing which will define yes. uh, the biblical church, and probably that's what we are. Yeah, we are going to to get a little bit more into this um, uh, today. But yeah, Tracy, uh, what might that look like on a practical, everyday basis? Well, the church is a unified body comprising Christian believers, people who want to follow Christ. Um, but it's made up of individuals who are all sinners, mm-hmm. all imperfect, all on a journey, seeking to be transformed by the work of the Holy Spirit. So we certainly don't say we've arrived, we're perfect, and that's where David was getting it, I think, when he's saying, hey, you know, I don't think – I think um, – I'll put it in my words. I think he was saying, I don't think any of us have arrived mm. yet. Mm. Um, but that doesn't take away from the fact that um, a biblical church can have that focus, if you like. But we always have to remember the church – is made up of individuals and a church is only ever going to be as great an example when you hold the Bible up and, and Jesus alongside it as as the individuals and their individual spiritual journey. Uh, you know, you can have a great pastor, um, uh, a leader who... who Really seeks to to teach people uh, what the Bible has to say, etc. But if you've got, <clears throat> excuse me, if you've got a lot of people in that congregation who are not born again, who are resisting the Holy Spirit's attempts mm. to make change in in those lives, and let's be honest, we're all on that journey. You know, the, 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 the Holy Spirit works with us little by little, you know. Okay, let's, Tracy, let's look at this particular sin that, that, that you have a problem with and let's try and work on this together, you know. And everyone's got their different things that they may, you know, find harder to, to work with, you know. So, so I kind of say we've got the Bible as the example. But I want to balance that with the recognition that, you know, we're all on a spiritual journey and it's, it's down to how much we are prepared to 
give over our life to the Holy Spirit, to resist, to not resist the Holy Spirit trying to do that work, um, it, you know, that has a lot to do with and, whether we'll see that growth. And I think that the, while you're saying that, very important, you know, um, to be practical, to look at our own condition and you mentioned that even little things, you know, in our life um, can contribute uh, for us to be uh, part of this relationship, which is called family and church. Um, and uh, what I want to say is that, you see, even if you, if you look at your situation and how you perceive, you know, uh, God's presence in your life through the Holy Spirit, Again, you need to go to look into the Bible. Absolutely. Because the Bible, it's, it's teaching us, um, how to develop this relationship. Now, it may happen that, um, the Holy Spirit will come upon us, you know, and will prompt us on some aspects of life. And I heard stories when, uh, people didn't know anything about God or the Bible, but they were impressed by the Holy Spirit. But in the end, that's not enough because even though that may be the start of your experience, you still need to consolidate your um, work. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I would say, Nick, with that, we have to be very careful about, you know, I acknowledge the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. I, I thank God all the time for that gift because we have that opportunity to be led and guided and maybe avoid some potholes in in life that we that we might otherwise go down but we have to always bring those impressions that we may feel the holy spirit is giving us back to the word because mm, mm. um we need to be sure that it is the Holy Spirit speaking us to speaking to us to 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 lead and guide us. And just just before you move on, uh, mm. while you said that about the supernatural power, because um, stay tuned with us uh, next uh, week with the whole program. It's about the supernatural with all other aspects. It could be not biblical. Uh, it's very important to understand, you know, um, uh, where we come from uh, yeah. when we talk about all these aspects. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, please um, go ahead. And so. So, yeah, we were talking about, you know, acknowledging the role of the Holy Spirit. Now, John 14, 26 talks about what the specific role of the Holy Spirit is. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, this is Jesus speaking, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So the main purpose of the Holy Spirit, and so obviously a biblical church has an understanding of the importance of the role of the Holy Spirit, but the main purpose is to help us to understand and comprehend the word uh, comprehend the, the the teachings, but there are two kind of different aspects, if you like. So that so there's that, and um, I also wanted to point out we see a more day to day kind of of how the Holy Spirit can can be working for us in Acts sixteen six to ten. That was where um, Paul he's wanting to go and. Um, preach in Asia and um, he instead he says if I read that out um, he says it says now when they had gone through I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that Phrygia and excuse me if I'm pronouncing that wrong and the region of Galatia they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia 
after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into, oh, I've got all of the difficult ones, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Mm. And so that's kind of showing, I read the previous scripture, and that scripture is kind of showing the 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 role of helping us to interpret the scriptures and take them on board and and apply them in our lives and also the Holy Spirit giving us, you know, our specific Mm. individual help with, no, don't go down that path, go down that path, you know. So I think that's, personally, I believe that's available to all of us, but some of us are better tuned in to the Holy Spirit than the voice of the Holy Spirit than yeah, others. Absolutely, you're right. And just to help you with uh, with those uh, little um, towns, I will say it in Romanian, you know, to maybe people will understand better, you know. I will say in Romania like Phrygia or Bithynia. <laughs> That's how I will say it. <laughs> right. um, but, you know, you mentioned here something and about Apostle Paul. Yes. Being part of the, as we call the apostolical church, you mm. know. And it's interesting that church was started to be called... Uh, Right, not right at the beginning when Jesus was uh, uh, on this uh, planet Earth, you know, because it was the work of the Holy Spirit. Later on, even after uh, Jesus' death and resurrection, yes, uh, when they start to organize themselves, you know, I mean, yes. it was the manifestation of the Holy Spirit as we know at the Pentecost, and then later on the church formed. Yes, and it's interesting that uh, you you mention uh, the work of the disciples or the apostles mm. uh, at, at that time because that's how they were recognized as a group or as organization, put it this way, even though some people may not like the idea to be an organized group, you know, um, but I will challenge that because uh, always, and the Bible says that every day were added, mm. you know, this number or to and added to what? added to the beliefs of the apostolical church, which they, uh, um, you see, they mm. were not left alone uh, and just believe in yourself and uh, whatever, you know, you have your own journey. Because church, family, as David pointed out, if we look at all those aspects uh, of uh, temple or uh, uh, body or, you know, those things, um, have an important function, Yes. For yes. us all and in society also. We are also the light of the world individually, but also as a, as a group, as a family. If we're getting it right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's really interesting and it's a bit challenging. Matthew 5, 48, um, Jesus is, this is in the Beatitudes and Jesus is talking about loving your enemies, etc. And straight after that, he says, Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, mm. that's pretty challenging, isn't it? Um, and he's talking to, you know, the body, if, if you like, the body of the, the group of all of these people, of um, people wanting to follow him. So, again, we come back to the fact that um, following and doing the word is is what's required, you know. Giving it lip service is is definitely not enough. Now, mm. a lot of it, you cannot do it 
without the help of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. You know, a lot of it is just so goes against what your natural inclinations are. And I think also um, David touched on this as well about the relationship. And I just wanted to focus on how important the word is, how important the the Bible is, because we're basically told that the Bible and the word is the only way, through the help of the Holy Spirit, is the only way that we're actually going to be able to progress at all. If we look at the, the metaphor that's given of, of husbands and wives with regards to the relationship of Christ and the church in Ephesians 6, 25 to 27, um, this was an admonition specifically for husbands and how they should treat your, their wives, but it talks about that this is how Christ has a relationship with his church. So it's husbands, love your wife, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. So the purification can only take place through that cleansing that comes from the word, through the mm. Holy Spirit working, us allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and, and make that change in us, that he, and this is Christ, might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. All right. It, it, God, God, you know, Jesus have high standards. He does. Uh, we may um, think of ourselves, oh, because we are simple people, it's okay, like this or like that. But God sets up a very, very high standard there. He does. He does. The reason why, uh, Tracy, if I may say this, mm. yeah, is because he promised us his help. That yes. we are not able to do it because of our own selves, yes. but because of his presence yes. in our life. Yeah. And that's why he set up the, those standards, because he knew that if we'll be in him and him in us, we are able yeah. and capable to reach those uh, standards. And in the end, um, how that will reflect? I mean, we are all aiming for uh, eternal uh, life, for heaven, perfection. I mean... We probably better get used of that of those things uh, right from here. If we're able to get ourselves out of the way and just allow the Holy Spirit to do His work, well, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to reach those standards mm. because God is not a tyrant, saying that we must do things that we can't do, and we're told that we've got that help and and. Along those lines, we, it, we're told that we must do the teachings. You know, Luke eleven twenty seven to 28 says, um, and it's happened that he spoke these things. So he's talking previously about um, uh, the metaphor of unclean spirits and, you know, you, you the, the clean the house out, mm. get rid of the unclean spirit, and then he comes back with seven, seven more later on. He was talking about that at the time. And as he was speaking, you know, one woman obviously, you know, was, was quite impressed. And um, she said, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast which nursed you. And he replied and said, more than that, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So mm. in other words, you know, they don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. And and I, I think we, we have to always find that um, balance between knowing that we are, um, we are um, pardoned, 
when we come and confess our sins, but also really um, having a desire um, and asking the Holy Spirit to come in and to transform us so we can grow and we can put those sins aside mm. um, from our from our lives. Um, again, I come back to the spiritual experience is an individual experience. So the church can only be as good and, and, and live as close to the Bible as each individual believer and their own spiritual life. But it, the, the church is about the forming of one body that mm, comes mm. together. And that's also important. You know, um, I think um, sometimes uh, I like to look at it this way. The church is kind of a, a, a microcosm of the whole world coming together. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, at, the, at the end of the time, you know, there's going to be a whole heap of different kinds of people that will, that will be in, in, in heaven. And, you know, we've all got our little rough edges that have to still be worked through. And I sometimes think that God deliberately puts per, a person who might know how to push your buttons and all of that kind of thing in your life or even in the church um, that you have to work through with the help of your Holy Spirit to have those good relationships with people. I think a lot of that, uh, sometimes we get frustrated, but they're actually being given to us as a gift as part of our learning experience. You know, when I heard that from many people, sometimes people with handicap, mm-hmm. thanking God by having that handicap, because that helped them actually rather than uh, uh, to be dysfunctional, even though uh, to have a handicap, it is a dysfunctional. Uh, well, it makes life harder, uh, I'm sure. Yes. yes. But, you know, in uh, that this analogy, as you just said, each individual forms also the, the church. Now, as we put all the efforts, if we have um, a little handicap or something like that, we put all the efforts to minimize the effects of of that handicap which we have and continue to live uh, uh, the best possible life. Yes. Now, the church is the same because too often probably we in the church, we're looking at each other and we're expecting, you know, to them to change, let's say, or to, uh, to function better, <laughs> the prayers, church. Please change this person when really it should be, Lord, please change me. Yes, yes. because we need to, to put together all the efforts possible yes, to, yes. to grow uh, this. And a very interesting aspect. I hope that we could maybe in one uh, another program uh, explore a little bit more um, the unity, you know, of, of the body of Christ. But we are talking today about... Um, uh, what does a biblical church look like? And we are looking in the Bible and you share with us, uh, uh, Tracy, uh, quite a few. Any other passages before we go into a break? Yeah, um, you know, we, we need to be united despite diversity. In 1 Corinthians twelve twenty seven, it says, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And, and that's where Paul talks about, you know, the foot and the eye. And, mm. you know, we shouldn't expect that we're all going to be clones, you know. Um, but we stand united in that understanding of the word. Also, though, remembering that everybody's on their own spiritual journey as well. Everyone's in the phase of being um, transformed. That's right. So, so yeah, um, 
maybe if you want to take a break now, we can we can move on with some of that stuff afterwards. If yeah, if sure, you sure. Yeah. I think yeah, we'll take a break right here. And uh, just before the break, I want to draw the attention of um, our listener uh, today that we have a good book to offer today called um, Bible Answers Mega Book. Uh, and the covers uh, over 900 um, uh, questions with simple, direct answers straight from Scripture uh, about, you know, violence, uh, all sorts of things going on in this uh, world, you know, with uh, floods and we experience that these days and um, not to say even the, the pandemic which uh, we're going through. Um, you know, that would be very handy, Nick, because how often do you find that somebody might challenge you with um, something you say, um, a viewpoint um, from the Bible, and you don't kind of have that scripture there and there and then. You know? Absolutely, so, and it yeah. can be used. This book, uh, as you just said, uh, yeah. can be used for your devotionals. You know, uh, uh, small group mm. Bible studies, uh, even sermon illustrations, and um, understanding prophecy. You know, because you're right uh, when somebody's asking you a question, it's not so easy quickly to go. But if you have something to to go and search for it, it's very easy. But hey, we're talking a bit um, uh, maybe too much and you dis- uh, distracting you attention from the book but the book is called Bible Answers Mega Book with the code SA27 you just need to send us a SMS with SA27 on the number 0488880811 and we'll be very happy to um, to organize to have this book uh, in your hands but Let's take a short um, break right now, uh, Tracy, and please stay with us, uh, everyone. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back shortly. At the feet of Jesus, I will lay my burdens down. I will lay my heavy burdens down. In the stillness, I can hear my Savior calling out. Come to me and lay your burdens down. So I will lay down my struggles, and I will lay down my shame. And all the fear I drag around through this life, like a ball and chain.
find me in the arms of Jesus. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nikrita and our co-host today, Tracy Papandreou. Uh, the question which we look at today is um, what does a biblical church look like? Uh, now, uh, before the break, I um, mentioned the offer which we have for today, and I wanted to do it again now because I don't know how much time I'll have after. Uh, if you tune in with us maybe later on or you didn't have a chance to uh, to grab all the information I gave you. The book for today is called uh, Bible Answers Mega Book, and we have five copies for today to give you. Then uh, please just uh, be yeah, uh, so prompt. First five in. <laughs> first five in. And um, it's a beautiful book with over 900 um, questions and uh, simple direct uh, uh, answers from the Bible. Very good to use it in all. Good resource. Yeah, good resource. Mm. And yeah, it could be used as a devotional or in the study, small group study, sermon illustration, and um, yeah, understanding the Bible, the Bible prophecy, and so on and so forth. You need to send us a text message to 04. Uh, double eight double eight zero eight double one with the code SA27. And this book is yours. Now, Tracy, before the break, yeah, you, you were talking about, uh, um, yeah, what the Bible says about mm. you know, how, Just, how a church should look like. Yeah, you know? all, all the different kind of everyday mm. aspects that we might expect to see again. Very much understanding that that the Bible sets a very high standard, and and uh, we're all individual sinners, and we're all on a transformational journey. Um, the the individual members who come together to make up the body of of Christ. You know, it's really um, interesting. Um, one of the examples we see, and again, admonitions and teachings we see in the Bible, um, shows how the um, Church is set up in such a way, um, in that it should it 
a, a biblical church should seek to grow its members in in love and support of each other, helping each other to stay on the right path. There's a process outlined in Matthew 18, talks about how to assist a sinning brother. And I think that's a, um, something that often our churches um, shy away from a little bit because mm. we are so aware that, that we're all so imperfect. But um, in, in uh, 1815, it says, Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. So, you know... That can sound a little bit harsh, mm. you know, basically, hang on, we're, we're ostracizing somebody when, you know, um, it becomes clear that they have no intention of wanting to follow what the word says. And these brothers are, you know, um, really not wanting to go and point the finger at them, but rather to say, brother, you know, hey, you know, I, I want you back on the right track. You it's know, a form I care of discipline. for you. Yeah, it is. But it, but it, I think where it comes from is important. You know, when somebody's not, not, they want to shake their finger at mm. the other person. It's really about, I care for you, brother. I don't want to see you led astray, you know. And when, when the motive comes from love, that's when it's all working properly. And the reason I say discipline, because in these days, I believe it's misunderstood, this word, the discipline, because uh, it's given some too much negative connotation. Uh, discipline, it's beautiful, mm. actually, because uh, that's for our growth. Yes. That's for our best. Um, now, unfortunately, if it's, um, how to say, applied, you know, in a wrong way, and then you you have that um, um, discrepancy, you know, in between what, uh, what love, as you just said, uh, can offer and uh, what you have in mind when you um, discipline. And yeah. in this case, in the church, because this is an example, good example, you know, how uh, the Bible teaches us to um, uh, yeah to take some attitude yeah yeah exactly exactly also to a biblical church you know we should see um, the the members meeting regularly on the Sabbath day as was the custom of Jesus and the apostles and we know that for some people it's a journey to um, that journey of revelation as to what the Bible says is actually um, the Sabbath day mm. or the seventh mm. day of, of the week you know we Recognize that some people are still working on their journey through through the revelation of that, but certainly that meeting regularly together um, to come together and um, acknowledge uh, that God is our Creator, mm. Jesus is, is actually the Creator, and um, you know to, to to honor Him and spend spend special time with Him each week. Also, too, a biblical church should be expecting the return of Jesus Christ um, because. You know, that's all that the Bible is about. You know, mm. Jesus Christ is coming again to to um, bring together all of all of His true believers. Amen you know? for that. Um, and and there's an understanding of the need to be prepared for that. You know, again, it's it's this whole growth journey, mm. um, not about hey, I'm a sinner, I'm going to get it wrong, I'll say sorry, and then we'll be right. Um, you know, it's a very different kind of experience. Mm. You know, it's also too about a body of individuals who are prepared to speak up for God, even when it's unpopular. Oh, 
is that the time now? <laughs> Because I believe, you know, we live those times, uh, Tracy, when, uh, um, yeah, it's very unpopular to stand for some uh, Bible truths. Yes. Uh, but you see, uh, there have been uh, many individuals uh, through the history, you know, um, in groups or, or personally who stood for their beliefs. Mm. Uh, they were persecuted, maybe even killed uh, for their beliefs. Yeah, yeah, especially in the, well, Let's go back to the beginning, the apostles. Mm. You know, all of them except John were executed. Yes. You know, so we can't kind of have that idea that because I'm a believer in Christ, I'm going to skip along through the mm. tulips mm. and everything's going to be beautiful, you know, because we have examples of people who were persecuted mm. because they stood up and they, and they refused to be silenced about the good message of of the Lord, yeah. and I believe the you know already we're um, having you know uh, our ability to speak on different biblical truths curtailed by legislation that that has been introduced in mm-hmm. certain places in in Australia. Um, so I think that will just just increase, unfortunately. But and though that will be you know th- those will be the testing times that we know through the dark ages. That was a, a, a terrible time when many people were killed for yeah. for what they believed, and you know also in in those times there was the Waldenses in mm-hmm. um, uh, the Swiss Italian mountains where they just had to go and hide because. They were unable to. They were. They were actually declared as heretics. I believe you visited those places when you. I were, did. Yes, I yes. did. I always wish to go to Italy to visit uh, the Waldenses valleys, but yeah, didn't have a chance yet. Very special. And I don't. I don't know with these things now in place. Um, how easy that will be? Uh, but uh, Tracy, what should um, the focus of the church be? Let's bring it, uh, you know. Yeah, let's kind uh, of get down to the nuts and bolts. Well, Jesus gave the commission in Mark 16, 15. I mean, it's all through the Gospels, but I'll just pull Mark 16, 15. It says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So if a church does not have a real mission focus in terms of, hey, we've got this good news, we want the world to know about it, then there's something wrong. Now, I also I also want to caution here. I don't think you can reach anybody if, and again, we're talking about individuals that mm-hmm. make up the church, um, if we ourselves have not taken in the message and has not become part of actually we can do more damage than, than anything. Mm-hmm. And that's something that individuals have to be honest with themselves about where they're at, because you can go to church your whole life and really never have met Jesus. That's you know, true. That's possible. That's true. So you know, I think um, the, the the mission focus is 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 the main focus. Um, uh, but we need to, as individuals, um, be working on ourselves first and 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 getting ourselves right, and be sure that we're born born again mm, before we can mm. go out and and effectively spread that message. Absolutely, churches and society are changing uh, a lot, um, Tracy. Uh, as time is moving forward, and we see that um, every day, the focus of many churches seems, in uh, some ways, to be more political. 
these days, you know, mm. uh, and politically correct, uh, being focused about coming together to save the planet, for example, and that uh, just recently we had uh, uh, those talks, you know, with the COP26. Um, yeah. um, did God have anything um, to help us to understand a clear way to identify a true church at the end of time? Yeah, if you push all of those things out of, you know, I was giving examples of what the church might look look like, but Jesus specifically said in Revelation 14:12, "Here is the patience of the saints, i.e., those who will make it through to the end of time. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus." So those are the two things. You know, it has to be a church that is very much about following the commandments and also living the the word as Jesus taught. Okay. So. Yeah, that's that's very important. Um now um what should uh, someone do if based on uh, uh, what we are saying today they are concerned that the church they currently attend is not biblical? Is that so important? I think it's hugely important. In this crazy world, if we don't have a standard to follow, where will we land? You know, I th- thought about the other day, they were, I heard there's a movement that has started that doesn't, uh, they want to change that you don't call pedophiles pedophiles anymore. You call them minor, minor attracted people. Mm. You know, so there's a normalizing even of those kinds of things which is taking place. So we can see how crazy the world is getting. So we need the Bible as our standard. Who knows what will be acceptable in the future to society, even though it's abominable in the sight of the Lord. So, you know, we've got to have these standards. And this is why it's so important that the church, that the, the body of believers that you are part of, takes the word seriously. I would say pray and ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. He'll never lead you into something that is contrary to what's in mm. his word. And commit to reading and studying the Bible for yourself so you can be sure if your church is actually a true biblical church. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, Tracy. And can we in few points maybe summarize, bring it together, uh, what we just talked today? Because we look at this question, what does a biblical church uh, look like? Sure. The Bible must be the foundation from which the church draws its teachings. It should be encouraging people to study and grow in the knowledge of the word. That's important. The church should understand that we're all on an individual journey, but through the help of the Holy Spirit, we may slowly and surely get victory over individual sins. The church and its members should be mission-focused. The church should acknowledge diversity while remaining united. And it advocates the necessity for coming together on the Sabbath. The coming together on the Sabbath is good for the individual and good for the church body. And also the church needs to be happily awaiting the return of Jesus, you know? That's beautiful. Now, thank you for um, yeah mentioning all those things. And uh, if you have a um, you know a question, or um, you are um, you know maybe prompted by this discussion today about how does a biblical church look like, if you like to contact us, don't hesitate. You can always you know uh, contact us through the website faithfm.com.au. You can use this number. Particularly, this we like to have interaction with people uh, during the program. Uh, and right now, actually, um, just before we closing, 
I would like to say it again because this is a, I would like this book to have it in my hands. Uh, Bible answers, uh, mega book with uh, 900 over 900 um, uh, questions and simple answers from That's the Bible. It's called a mega book. Direct to the subject. Yes. <laughs> and you, you, you can have this book. Just send us a text message on zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one and we'll be very happy to uh, give this book to you uh, can be used you know in your devo- devotion or maybe a small uh, prayer group and um, uh, even sermon illustrations if you are preaching and sharing the gospel you can be inspired uh, mm. from this book and yeah um, Tracy how would you like to pray for us and for uh, our listener today that we will be part of that true biblical church. Mm, Love to. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you that the church was your idea, Lord, and uh, we thank you for all of the amazing gifts that come from being part of a church, dear Father. I pray, Lord, that you would help and lead and guide us um, that we might understand your word more fully, understand the importance of being part of a biblical church. And Father, I pray for all the listeners, Lord. You know where each individual is at in their faith journey with you. Mm. And I pray, Lord, um, that if any of them have been prompted and wanting to um, explore more and wondering whether where they they are attending, whether truly that that um, institution is following the word. I just pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would lead and guide, dear Lord, mm-hmm. that nothing would, would come about that is not of your will, Father. We just thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit, and we thank you that he seeks to lead us into deeper and deeper knowledge. I pray mm-hmm. for our listeners that you would um, help them to... Um, just surrender their will to you, that amen. your will be done in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, thank you for praying, uh, Tracy. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And our time is up for today. Thank you for joining uh, Nick Rita and Tracy Papandreou on Drive Time BQ&A. Please make sure that you join us next time. We are going to look at a very important topic again, the Bible and the paranormal in a fan um what was this in a faith faithless faithless word i could not just read that one but i think it's very important uh, program is the parna- paranormal just innocent fun mm. make sure that you join us next time but until then may god richly bless you and have a safe walk with our lord jesus christ In heaven beyond we will enter the land The battle belongs to the Lord No weapon that's fashioned against us will stand The battle belongs to the Lord And we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord We sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord When the power of darkness comes in like a flood The battle belongs to the Lord. He's raised up a standard, the power of His blood. The battle belongs to the Lord. And we sing glory, honor, power and strength.
sing to the Lord, we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. When your enemy presses in hard, do not fear, the battle belongs to the Lord. Encourage, my friend, your redemption is near, the battle belongs to the Lord, and we sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord. We sing glory, honor, power and strength to the Lord, and we sing glory, honor.